Hello, everybody. Welcome to the It's a Brain Thing podcast. My name is Nate Sheets, and it has been a long time. I am sorry for the delay. There's been a lot going on, and today's episode will essentially be getting you guys up to speed on that, preparing you for the next few months of podcasts in terms of what we're going to be doing, um, and giving you guys just kind of a general update. So Jill is not here. Me and Jill um, have are unfortunately now more physically apart. I have moved. I'll talk about that in a second. And just, you know, in in terms of schedules, it's hard to get us together to record, but we will still try to do that occasionally. And yeah, it's just, um, I'm going to, instead of continuing to panic about, you know, if I should have somebody with me on the podcast, I'm going to just start making podcasts to keep checking in with you guys because people have been asking me, where have you guys been? So Jill will be on a little bit less frequently, but I do hope to to get her back on and to check in and just get her insights. Also, I'm looking to do various interviews as well as maybe find another co-host coming up in the next few months. So first of all, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening a lot of people will tell me that they somehow stumbled across a certain podcast topic. And the truth is, like, when I produce content, either video or podcast, I don't really remember it. And so people will, like, bring these things up to me. And I'm like, oh, that's a good point. And they're like, well, yeah, that's what you were talking about in the podcast. I'm like, oh, that's okay. Like, I, I just don't remember. So I'm glad that there's this tool that people can kind of listen to at any time and just get these insights. Thank you for listening. We don't know how many people listen to this podcast. We're still kind of figuring that out. Many people reach out and say that they listen, that they like, uh, you know, hearing Jill's perspective. So just thank you so much for still continuing to subscribe. In terms of the future of the podcast, I am hoping to release at least two a month. And one of the things that I'm excited about is that we're going to be doing a book club. So uh, we'll talk about that. It's not going to be for my book, but it will be for a, a different book. Um, that I think is really critical for pretty much everybody listening to this podcast to get and to to absorb. And then I'm going to walk you guys through it over several months that way. So that will be one thing that we're doing. I'm also going to be trying to do some interviews with various people, and I'm really excited about that. Let's do a book update before we talk about the book club that I just referenced. So I have my book called Essential... FASD supports. Yeah, that's what it's called. Essential FASD supports. And it's it's been delayed. There's a lot of reasons for that. That's kind of part of one of the reasons why I wanted to do a new podcast episode to check in with everybody. It will continue to be delayed for the foreseeable future, but it is definitely a priority for me. I've just found that as I have learned new information, I, there's just certain revisions I have to keep making. I want to make sure that it reads well. I'm a very technical person, so I, you know, I'm constantly revising it, just trying to incorporate the appropriate amount of supports and citations that's not overwhelming and not too technical. It's been a hard book to write. I mean, I, I essentially wrote one first draft and then just the overall assessment I made of it was that it was just too much in terms of what people are looking for in a book. So I'm really trying to honor what people are looking for in a book while also honoring how I view challenging behaviors. For example, like people want me to tell them just what to do when it comes to supporting a kid with an FASD, but I can't just tell people what to do because you know I'll say, well, then you need to give them time to think. That's usually the first thing that we can all improve on, but without the underlying knowledge of hold on, why do people with FASDs need time to think, right? So that's a little bit of knowledge about their disability. And then why does giving time to think 
help. That's knowledge about cognitive skills, which of course is what I'm really into. There, there's there's the, the underlying reasons. I feel like people have to know, right? They have to know it because just telling somebody, give this kid time to think, doesn't really work. Most people dismiss it. They think that they already do that. And so I have to kind of build a case for, okay, well, even if you think you do this, just consider my perspective. Maybe you know, when we think of everyday moments and how many quote unquote everyday moments we have, there are many moments where we just forget to give them time to think because we are being swept up in these moments of our day. That's one kind of long way to say that I, I'm, I'm really trying to make the book as best as it can be. Another part of it, though, is just my personal life and mental health. I've recently moved to Eugene, Oregon, which I'm very excited for. It's central to a lot of where, where my clients that I've been working with in Oregon are so I don't have to travel as much. There's an airport here, which I really like. So when I when I do have gigs outside of Oregon, I can just do all flying instead of having to go up to Portland and park my car. <laughs> just these little details that probably nobody cares about. But so uh, I'm excited to live in Eugene. It's a beautiful place and that it's a great new phase of my life. So I'm excited for that. I have a, a lovely new place. I'm going to eventually start filming from there and making more YouTube videos. In addition to moving, like I've been dealing with maybe uh, four months, five months now of kind of like a series of mental health crises and and, and crises and in, in not necessarily in a literal sense, but in my context sense where I am kind of questioning a lot of things about what I do and where my life is and why am I trying to give people advice on, you know, how to, how to raise their kids when I, you know, I can't do certain things for myself. So in September, especially it, it was probably the worst. I was getting ready to go to Hawaii and I had what people call a nervous breakdown essentially. And nervous breakdowns don't actually mean anything psychologically as far as I can tell. That doesn't, that's not a technical term, but I think we all kind of get the, just the point where things get so stressful and I had my first panic attack and I am somebody who has had PTSD from an intense accident. I've had very intense anxiety attacks, but I have never been to the point where I am just like hyperventilating. So that was like one, it was one night. It was very, very bad. I had support. I reached out to people immediately afterwards to, to kind of help me rebuild. And so that was kind of one phase of this whole thing that I've been going through. Yeah, it's in a whirlwind. And not too long after that, I also had a pretty negative professional experience. And a big part of what, you know, I, I, I try to be very honest about my educational background because obviously I'm I'm in this situation where I'm in this psychology slash mental health slash developmental disability field. I'm giving people opinions about behaviors, right, which is generally like a very technical thing. And I don't have a psychology or behaviorism background. I've learned a very specific way, which I'm going to talk about in future episodes, because I think the way that I have learned is definitely legitimate. But essentially, I don't have all these letters behind my name. And that's another reason why, especially in trainings, I have to kind of build a case to tell people, especially the professionals who might be in the audience, like, I don't have these letters behind my name, but I really do try to educate myself. I do try to be correct. But I had a negative experience where somebody essentially, you know, used my lack of experience or not lack of experience. I'm sorry, my lack of 
education in an academic setting and the lack of credentials behind my name to kind of personally attack me. And um, I, I might talk more about that incident later on. I want some more time to pass. Ultimately, I feel like I was vindicated in that entire situation. But I, I'm just, as a person, I'm very aware of my lack of professional credentials. So I, to, to, to uh, my response to that is to be very anxious about it pretty much at all times and, you know, kind of wait for the negative situation where everything gets shut down because, you know, I'm, I'm quote unquote found out, even though I try to be very honest. And the other thing I do is I try to be very correct. And I value as a side to all of this, I love science. I love knowledge. I love understanding how we don't understand things and whether that's you know in our own brains or just misunderstandings I'm I'm very much into knowledge and I ultimately view what what I contribute to this world is I feel like I'm a communicator and so I love to learn about things and then I can communicate it in concepts that people tend to understand and even very technical things which is what I'm doing when I'm talking about the brain and talking about cognitive skills so it took me time to like recover from this incident and like I two days I was not like in crisis mental health wise but I was depressed and that was several months ago in of itself so I've I've slowly been kind of coming back to I I need to get going again with my YouTube channel and the podcast and the people who have told me time and time again that I am helping them and so you guys are the voices essentially that I need to be listening to so yeah, thank you for your patience. Thank you for those of you who've pre-ordered the book. You know, you guys are on my mind. I want you to understand that it is a pressure for me in addition to everything else to get the book done because so many people pre-ordered. So what's going on is I'm trying to make the book really good and also kind of recovering and being okay with taking time to kind of go through the book and delay its publication so ultimately it can be really helpful. Okay, so finally, I want to talk about the book club that we're going to be doing. So I'm not going to start the book club until about a month from now because I want to give everybody time to get the book. The book is called Beyond Behaviors, and it's by Dr. Mona Delahook. And I'll have a link to the book on my show notes here. You can find it pretty much anywhere. It's Again, it's called Beyond Behaviors by Dr. Mona Delahook. And this is actually one of the reasons why my book is delayed is because I happened to read this book as I as I've been writing it. And I'm like, OK, I need to incorporate much more of this. What is this book about? Is it an FASD book? It is not. It's not FASD related, but it is about challenging behaviors and a really important element that is relevant to pretty much all of my clients. And that is early stress or trauma. And even if you adopted your kid at the hospital, right, there was no early time where they were maybe living in an unsafe situation, there is still a good chance that their ongoing stress has done something to their brain in terms of trauma. And I see it, right? And so when I read this book by Dr. Delahook, I'm like, this is the missing piece in how I am looking at things for, you know, in terms of the brain. And what it really does is it tells us why a lot of things aren't working. And I've always have known that traditional approaches do not work for people with FASDs, and I tend to associate it to cognitive demands. But what Dr. Delahook does is talk about developmental levels. And I think that, again, she's not writing it for FASD, but it is a very good explanation of why so many therapies and approaches and 
interaction types do not work for the kids that we're trying to help with FASDs. So I'm going to give you guys a month, go ahead and get the book. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go through it chapter by chapter. So you don't have to read the whole book. I mean, I really encourage you to go ahead and read the whole thing and then we can go through it together and it will be a great review for you. But, you know, I'm only going to have you guys read essentially one chapter um, every few weeks and we'll, the podcast will go back and forth between kind of a normal informational one about something where I'm talking about something and then the other ones will be the book club. It's really important to me, especially if you're going to listen to the book club podcasts, that you purchase the book. And I want to give everybody a resource where even if you don't, you're not able to read the book, even if you're not able to take the time to do that, you'll probably get a lot out of the book club and listening to it. It might help you even like get started on in certain elements of the book. But it's really important to me that we support the author of the book. So even if you can't read it, if you want to listen to the podcast, it would be great if you could buy it um, and maybe honestly give it to a professional. If you, if you know you're not going to read it or if you've read it, this book is something that everybody who is working with children needs to read. Children of any type. It is especially something that any children who may have been through trauma, which is a, you know, you can break that into several groups, kids in foster care, kids in early intervention, kids who are autistic. There's a lot of different categories that people you know, can be in that actually increase the likelihood of them having some of these types of trauma and stressors, they should all be reading this book. This also includes early medical trauma. So if your kiddo was born maybe premature, if they were born and they needed to be weaned off of drugs um, in the hospital, if, if there was a very stressful pregnancy, all of those scenarios will apply to this. And even if none of that does, maybe your kid doesn't even have an FASD, but you listen to the podcast for some reason, the, the book is great. It, it has worksheets in it. We're going to go through those. And the thing it focuses on, which I have always recognized really to be a key, and Dr. Delahook has helped given me the words to understand why, why it's the key, but it's sensory. And it's the, the being proactive in our sensory interventions and also reactive and knowing how to respond with sensory interventions and how these things that don't seem to be related, right? Rubbing somebody's back, somehow finding a way to soothe them, words of comfort for a lot of kids. Those things can be related and in helping things that have happened a long time ago. So I'm not going to talk any more about that. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for the ongoing encouragement. I hope you look forward to more content, and I'm looking forward to doing it. Thanks for listening to the It's a Brain Thing podcast. I'm Nate Sheets.